0: The chamber, the DBIA, and the WBN for putting us on, and for all of you for taking time out of your evenings to be here. So, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Diane Tarion. Uh, I've been on city council representing Ward me since 2014, and I first got involved in municipal politics because when I really started paying attention to what was going on municipally, um, I felt that there was a lot of voices that were missing around the city council table and that it wasn't necessarily truly representative of the community and the many stories that play out across our city each and every day. And I love municipal politics because it is the most tangible level of government, because it's not partisan, and because it gives me the opportunity to make changes in a city that can improve the quality of life of residents in their day-to-day lives. So I moved to Peterborough to pursue my master's degree at Trent, and I assumed I would move back to Hamilton when I finished, but I fell in love with this city and this community, and I worked hard to build a life here. And you can't choose where you're born, but if you're lucky, you can choose where you're called home. And myself, like many others that I've met at the door, have chosen to build our lives here because of all that Peterborough has to offer. Because of the friendly nature of the people, the sense of community, the proximity, to trails and the space the vibrant arts and culture scheme. But there are areas that we need to improve on. In particular, as I've been hearing at the door, and I'm sure a lot of you know about, housing, employment, and infrastructure. We need forward-thinking and innovative approaches to deal with these issues. And this is why my policy document outlines 39 commitments in eight areas, a lot of which align with the Chambers' policy platform, so, my eight areas are immediate action in transportation and mobility, housing affordability, responsible financial leadership and oversight, safe residential streets, a vibrant and healthy downtown, transparency and public engagement at City Hall, improved parking, and protecting our natural environment. I know that our city is growing. I understand that. I understand the day-to-day realities of citizens and residents and businesses. Here. And I've been accused by some of not supporting growth. But I I don't support growth at any cost. Growth at the expense of our green space, growth at the expense of our quality of life, growth without proper long term planning. We need a modern and up to date official plan, which is coming but is long overdue, that will help guide our city moving forward. And we need leadership who are able to work collaboratively with all sectors with all levels of government and all stakeholders in this place that we call home. I can lead that here. I look forward to this debate tonight, and I thank you for taking the time to be here to discuss these very important issues.
1: So we'll run this through as best we can. I to as well. When we look around the room, I see friends, colleagues, fellow members, supporters of the arts, volunteers, you are all a source of strength and a source of encouragement for our success, our potential. You certainly are community builders, one and each of you. I often say, as my friend Jeff Beale I used to say, that we stand on the shoulders of those who come before us, but we also stand shoulder to shoulder with our fellow citizens. I've experienced that. I've experienced that growing up in the city, attending DCDS, working at my father's gas station helping to build a diversified group of companies, transportation, and financial businesses, the same thing we do in the city of Pedro in many many ways. I have my wife, Jill, our children, our grandchildren, and a number of those now are in the business with us. As your mayor, I know that building a complete community is good for residents and businesses. That's what we're working towards together. There's more to be done. There's always more to be done. Because we believe in the potential of our community, we need strong leadership to build enough progress to sustain the momentum that we've achieved together. Since becoming mayor, we've been reducing the commercial tax ratio of city of Peterborough, bringing us more in line with our other neighbors in the other parts of Ontario to make our city more competitive, to make it more attractive for businesses to invest, to grow, to create jobs. We put in place a capital financing policy to take advantage of historically low interest rates, giving us resources to invest in the much needed infrastructure work that is outstanding at any given time. We invested in the aviation section, in employment park at Peter Airport, and clean tech complex employment park at the University. We rebuilt water sections at Landisown Street, Ashland Drive, Rail and Park We upgraded our wastewater treatment plant to new homes and new businesses building the public works yard to accommodate growth that looks out over the next 40-50 years. All the while we maintained our social programs so and we experienced some provincial government clawbacks. We renovated the public library, we renovated the museum, we supported the creation of the Northern Entrepreneurship Hub, we extended our network of trails, sidewalks, and cycling ranges, we built and or approved hundreds of affordable housing units, we did all of this together. We did all of this to maintain strong financial leadership. And that's not just me saying that. That's standing towards upgrade credit reading in, in the very last, uh, two years ago now. So it's up, it's up again for renewal. We're looking at another solid report uh, solid going forward. We did all of this while respecting our taxpayer. We respect the taxpayer's dollars as much as we do our uh, own. We put in place a 1% capital surcharge, we'll call it, on our actual tax bill. We run our increases in taxes at around the power, inflationary in place for the last number of years, which is right in line to where we should have been, in my estimation, We're considerably the lowest provincial average which puts us apart from many other communities. Again, there's more work to be done. We need more housing across the entire housing spectrum. We approved one of the largest new neighborhoods in the city's history. 2,800 new homes being built in that was a contentious item of several of my colleagues who voted against. growth, they voted against development, we need to listen to residents, city staff, and the external experts that are helping make us make decisions, that are certainly in the best interest of our entire community for the long-term benefits of our entire community. We need to encourage greater intensification in the downtown, the downtown example Of the progress and momentum that we have achieved together and will continue to grow on them. Seven Hills Development, new office buildings and tenants on Charlotte Street, PD and business, and very former St. Joe's Hospital, in the new apartments and offices. Ashburn Realty, one of the members here this evening, is working on a section on Hunter Street uh, West and a, a new one coming up on Hunter Street East. It certainly has exciting plans for Crescent Street. We've had other projects, Alliance Day is one of the referencing. Parkway try tried to replace them, the incredible town in downtown the New Residential face and commercial running, it faced a backlash and opposition, even with the knowledge that we are at kind of 1% rate to the city, that's not acceptable. And we need to look at those projects to have them assist us to build our community. We certainly need to look at our official plans and that hasn't been worked for a number of years we have undertaken we're well in the ways that we done. We have lots of floors. Anyway, I'll finish up. and hope so you,
2: you see that. Time. Thank you for raising it anyway. And I will finish up. There is, as like I just said, there's lots more to be done. There's lots more to be said. I look forward to extending the game this evening. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Thank you, Sandra. My first question is a general uh, business question. Uh, we have four, over 4,000 businesses again, in the world. Sure, it's safe assumption that when you've been out on the doors the last few weeks that you've run into some of these local owners. And uh, I'm interested to know what you say to them. Why, as business owners, should they vote for you? Bill, yeah,
1: we'll start with you. you have two Thank you, uh, Joe. We don't, we don't wait until the time to go and talk to our business owners. We've done probably the last eight years in access of businesses. business. The businesses in this community love to do. coordinate activities. business to business with lots of synergy and to use some of the different styles of businesses that are here. People don't feel, they don't feel isolated. Nice they enjoy doing business in the city. They really understand the needs of that. They appreciate the dream of the tax rate, the reduction of the commercial tax rate in the city of Peterborough. It's not a significant amount of money, but it shows that we're interested in their survival in some cases and their enhancement in other cases. So we have been doing regular visits at the businesses. We do poll calls sometimes, we do arrange calls other things. We get great reports from them, how pleased they are to be in this community, how pleased their staff is to be in this community, how wonderful the opportunities are here for them for good growth in their fields, but also the expansionary side where you can move into other areas within the businesses within the business range. So the reports I'm getting at the doors now, but also during the last eight years have been very, very positive with how they feel that their opportunities and in bigger role and that's being enhanced for some of the growth, projects we put in place and some of the investments we need
0: as well. Uh-huh. And uh certainly talking to people at the door who own businesses or work for businesses and going out to where small businesses are, we know that 90% of the job growth in Peterborough comes from small and medium-sized businesses. Talking to people about why they chose to stay here, why they chose to build, uh, build their companies here, and it goes back to what I said about quality of life, uh, how, you know, being able to have a business for your pain to uh, tax ratio uh, reduction, as we talked about in the Chamber's policy, which been helpful, uh, but people want to have a business and run a business in a community where they feel invested, where they know that they can raise their family. Uh, and that is something that I understand deeply. I'm of that age where I see a lot of people make that decision of whether or not they move away or they're able to stay here. And with the advances that we've made in technology, more and more businesses are choosing to stay here, to move here from elsewhere, uh, to build up their businesses, to build up their uh, staff and support, which is fantastic. And that's what we need to keep on doing going forward. You have know, people like the door who work from home for companies all over Canada and internationally is going up and up and up and that's a product of adapting and evolving to the times so and we need to just continue doing that. But that is where the future job growth is, it would be like small mm-hmm. and sized businesses that can do a lot of that work remotely. And they want to for something that understands them and who will continue to promote
2: that. Thank you. And you that, we, we will ask Tracy from the, the next question. Many of
0: our organizations in our city can't find conference, convention, exhibition, banquet facilities large enough to hold their events. Our cities often lack that. There are smaller cities that have adequate facilities. Many of our organizations can't go really because they're capped because of the size. Um, what
3: is your plan to encourage and support local conventions? Great. Thank you, Diane. with you, uh, teams. So this is
0: something that has been talked about recently with the uh, multi-use, multi-use sports and entertainment facility and i maintained that seeing that that building will be one of the largest capital expenditures the city's ever undertaken, we're talking upwards of $100 million, that we need to build something that isn't just an OHL facility, that isn't just a community center, that we need to be building something that will be used and be able to be used by a variety of residents of groups, not just from here but from all over, because we don't one. For all the reasons I listed before, and so we need to sort of look very carefully at where we build it and how we build it, and make sure that we're building a, a true community facility that you know that is able to accommodate those types of things. And so when we're looking at location, it is important to think about where we're putting it in proximity to hotels and to restaurants and to those things. And we also need to sort of have a solid financing plan because, as I said, as one of the most expensive capital projects. Uh, we need to make sure that we do it right because it's going to be something that is in this community, hopefully, for at least 50 years going forward. We want to bring those people in, but again, we need to make sure that we're doing it right, we're thorough, and that we build it in the right place with adequate parking uh, and adequate uh, facilities that can accommodate a range of interests.
1: we're waiting we, figure a company for a facility of that nature, which is probably 10 years away, we need to act. Now, we did actually arrange for some money to fund the uh, was uh, new museum, which is going to have space in it, which will house uh, upwards of 600 people that can use your conventions. We've also approved in so the new hotel, and as that, said, the funding to bring people through the city that's another thing to find a congregation for. So those two moves alone will go a long way to assist with the conventional feature of uh, what needed have been hearing for a long time. Certainly the new Museum won't work with all parties. There's parties that will be smaller than that. There is some facilities around now. I introduced a policy back uh, about a year and a half ago now that we would entertain anybody that comes forward that wants to build a specific convention type facility in the city We would look at doing some incentives to assist with that, to get the proper location, but to, to help us uh, actually for a 10-year period, not just in
3: a we are aware of it, we understand the need for it, and we are prepared to
1: act with it in as quick a fashion as we can. I think the Canadian museum is going
3: to give us their
2: best answer
1: in
3: the short
1: term. Terry, today, it should be on. Thank you. <sir>.
4: There are certain perceptions and realities of the downtown census, and there's more challenges uh, each year it seems. What is your plan to help change those
3: perceptions?
1: Thank you, Gary. That's a good question. It's one that I hear right regularly. I suppose uh, the City Hall uh, there would be a week go somebody when somebody uh, showing concern about what goes on in their mind with downtown. Just recently I made uh, an announcement to uh, Gentry and we stepped ahead and stepped out with the new police chief in place and started a program to try to get some help from people who really need help in this community. There are ample agencies around to be drawn together to give us some relief for the people who are making that of exact statement they do not feel comfortable being in our downtown with some of the activities that are going on. Quite frankly, there's no set around it. It's drug-related activities. I'm not saying people doing drug deals out in public the way they do sometimes, but certainly the results of that leads to pretty catastrophic occurrences that people are very, very uncomfortable with. So we are going to move forward. We are going to get a handle on it as best we can. We're going to move as quickly as we can with the new We gave you 90 days to pass this on to so report to us. Give us an idea of what the tensions are going forward and we can make an impact on the very positive impact on So yes, we know that drugs are in downtown, there's a
0: perception of safety as someone who lives and works in the downtown, you know, you see Downtown Bureau is a social service hub for the city as well as for outlying areas in the county who are not able to access services. And poverty, addiction mental health, and a lack of housing are interrelated issues that need to be dealt with. And we need to focus on those as a whole. You can't solve anything by arresting your way out of it. We need to make sure that people have the basics, access to support, they need, they need wraparound services. i talked about the need for a conferences Center, a method clinic is a flawed model of amazing solution. It doesn't give people the counseling, the employment supports, the housing supports that they need to get back on their feet. So we need to be lobbying our provincial and federal governments to step up to the plate and provide funding for that because it's not going to get any better if we try basically like, go at it alone. There are nonprofits across the city that are doing fantastic work. 2 stream budgets contract staff that are burnt out. Our police services have become front-line service workers for mental health and addiction cases, which is not okay. That's not what they are there for us on the right along the other hand. And every call of poverty, uh, addiction, drugs or alcohol. So we need be trying to get at the root cause of those problems uh, to help people get that feet. And there are examples of jurisdictions of services that have worked. The One City project, which is uh, helping people with barriers to traditional employment be uh, engaged and active members of the community, which is what a lot of people want. They can't necessarily work nine to five, but they can contribute in the ways that they're able to. And so we need to be approaching this problem with compassion, empathy, and an understanding, and as well as looking at what other jurisdictions, not just North America, but around the world, have done, because they have done it better than we have in the further Thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 30 seconds.
3: 30 seconds
1: is not very long to make a, a very impactful statement. The gentleman who was robbed uh, after he took some money on the bank machine and wandered down the street, he's looking for something to make an arrest. That's the type of thing we need to do. We're not going to arrest everybody in St. Peterborough for being in some difficulties in their lives. The final straw for me was when the gentleman confronted me, which is you, the taxpayers of the city, to say that he had a major decision to make. He had to have to pay his drug dealer or pay his rent. So if he chose to pay his drug dealer rather than his rent and ends up on the streets of the city would be a road. And it's your fault, the taxpayer, you need to fix that for. Me. That's not something that we are equipped to do as a community that we feel a need to do as a community when people make a decision of that nature and expect somebody else to serve it for. We will serve it, but we're going to get to the root of the problem. We're going to do everything we can do to bring all the government together to fix it.
0: of drugs are coming from pharmacists are legally obtained restrictions that people are then turning around and selling on the street. So how are you proposing to arrest pharmacists? And to me, it's like getting to the point about why people have these addictions in the first place is something that needs to be taken into account. he wants to give into his drugs. People fall into it from the circumstance bad lot. So we need to, again, approach this from a holistic and comprehensive way, and that is the only way that you're going to solve this problem.
1: In the talk, I talked to a number of teachers, I talked to them guidance counselors, and I asked a very specific question. Have you ever heard a 15- or 16-year-old student say, look, when I get to be 25 years old, I want to be under drugs living on the streets of the cities so, up There's a gap, there's a gap in society right now that needs to be dealt with, like and we have to start somewhere. We are going to bring every effort we possibly can to start Fixing the problem right here in the city of Peterville. That's going to entail the federal government, the provincial government, health care agencies, the, the education system, and the judicial system. And we're going to make it work. Thank you. We'll wrap. We'll wrap. I, I, yeah. remain it Remain unclear as to what the, the plan is, other than saying just listen to the police chief. There's experts
2: in this field that have been telling us for
0: years how we can move forward on these on these issues. And you're right, there are gaps in the system. People are going through that there are local the nonprofits in town that can tell you they've been working on it for decades. Um, again, not funding
3: with enough staff resources to try to deal with it. And it stems from unemployment, it stems from homelessness, it stems from a whole range of
0: other interrelated issues that we need to be looking at. It's not just one system, it's part of a broader uh, a broader cycle of uh, property. poverty and Thank you. Use, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all I'm happy to get a copy of this if you find it online. Uh, because certainly I've been hearing at the door and I've been hearing on social media and other forums that people have lost trust in their city council and they've said, well, why do I even bother to well, vote? Why do I bother to the with me? They don't listen to us anyway. Uh, and that is, that is, it undermines our democracy and is a fundamentally flawed part of how the system works. So, as mayor, I will host regularly labor to drop it social media forums, as I've done as a counselor, as well as during the course of this campaign. You have to know where people are to hear from, to hear what they want, and you have to know where they are. So, people are going to want to come on Monday night with their kids, sit in the city hall for two hours, you have to go to the playground where the kids can play, you have a barbecue and you can them, and you have an informal conversation and show them that you're accessible, and you're a person just like, they are, and you have concerns in the neighborhood just like you. Establishing a code of conduct for council, which we us uh, attempted to pass a couple years ago, but we got voted down and now the province is mandating us to do it, so we're being uh, reactive rather than really proactive uh, to help improve council accountability and increase that public trust. Creating a community engagement charter to better involve residents in the decisions that affect them. Again, that is a huge complaint that I hear at the door that people feel like, well, why write even bother speaking out because they don't listen to us anyway? I would like to see a you know, ranked ballot in the 2022 municipal um, election. I don't get I'm for term um, limits. <laughs> adopting a public works as public art policy to support local artists and cultural economy with funds already committed to public works projects. And then following up on the participatory budgeting project that we implemented a couple of years ago, providing rights for neighborhood, land, beautification and small-scale infrastructure for across the city, so that people in the neighborhood have a say over where their tax dollars are going, and they feel that ownership and pride uh, in those projects going to fruition. <laughs> I'm on a, uh, law
1: the city of the, the clean not just I'm for people we elected you to do a job. You continue to do the job to the best of your abilities. We listen to people. We listen to people on this side of the area. We have our staff in the center. We hire experts to give us guidance on some of the projects. We listen to them all. At the end of the day, you have to make a decision. The decisions that we make are always in the best interest of this community long We will continue to do that. There are lots of opportunities for people to come forward. We're not isolated to Monday nights. The meetings were available during the week. We're available between the meetings. we available on site to discuss matters as we do on most of our planning issues and most of our data policies. So people have good input. I hear that very, very People are very pleased with the input that they're able to give us. And we listen. We understand what they're saying because we know the issue at hand. We also have to the ability or we have the Ability, total ability to read all the reports that are coming to us, to gain a good understanding of the total consequence of the decisions that are being made, to make sure that we do the best possible job that we have with you, the taxpayers, in this community. It comes to a point where decisions are very important all of us, even the small ones, to ensure that we're doing what we're saying we want to do, that's the great jobs, create economic activity that's going to be beneficial not to our generation but to the generation are coming behind us. That's the motivation for getting involved in politics and that's the motivation for staying involved in politics and we can continue to do that as we move through the policies that we have in place. The Code of Conduct was mentioned. We suggested that it would be wise to wait until we got some guidance from the province as to what they expected within the Code of Conduct. That has come out now and we're moving forward with that instance, uh, in the first quarter of the year. So are pretty good shape that way we'll continue to give you the best value that we can. Yeah, I would just say that
3: in terms of public
0: accountability
1: and engagement, that having a sign saying no entry" hanging above where the mayor's office does necessarily spend the right time. So, this sign is not above what the mayor's office is, it's down the hall or where it is at. Wow. The only big activity is just like the Tax coverage. The sign was put there to give staff some privacy as they're trying to work their way through. Uh, Not too long ago, I won't mention any names, but three days ago, there was a gentleman who had to be removed from City Hall because it was creating some difficulties. It was known that the police, the action, made some threats on some people at City Hall. Signs are there for a very to protect people and it will continue to be there to protect people that are in the working environment where they deserve to work in privacy and deserve to work the city.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay, okay switch gears here. Uh, October 17th of this year, the prohibition against the possession, consumption, and sale of recreational cannabis is going to be lifted by the federal government. How people will be able to legally purchase cannabis will be left in the provinces. Our new provincial government has recently advised that the Ontario regime will be overseen by the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario, which so will grant licenses to private businesses to brick and mortar retail establishments. There apparently will be no cap on the number of retail establishments. Municipalities, however, Can decide to opt out and not allow these brick and mortar stores within their geographic limits if they do so by January 22nd. This is a short window to opt out, so a decision will have to be made early in the next council's term. What is your position? Is this an opportunity for small businesses? Or is this something Peter should avoid and opt out minutes. Good question.
1: Joe would not put a lot of thought into that actually. Thank you. This is a uh, promise that was kept by our federal government. Uh, that one of the promises, one of the only promises that we've kept and this year's debate is very good by the time. We have all the meeting immediately with our chief of police, with our new NPP, and with some folks that in the know about Canada and what we can expect going forward. The province has wisely decided to wait until this Ebro before they're going to allow a home. Our local sales if we do it by a mail orders this time. Quite frankly, that's going to be the way to keep it. Are we going to opt of doing it? No. There's no sense in doing that because the community recognized orders can be a sales that we get to the recipient of whatever problems are coming compromise. We've got a major bunch of decisions to make around the Canada side, but not the least of which is us to maintain some sort of security over, it, to maintain some sort of control over it, and sure that keep our cap. Through the overall processes. It is an illegal activity. Now it's going to be made legal to this new, new law that's been brought in. We got, I think they $40 million to be allocated to the various municipalities if you do the math on that do population based we are 10000 ten thousand dollars The cost of the basic loan is going to be 500000 dollars over the guesses. It's going to be a major, major, major decision going forward to make sure that we try to get it as close to the way that we can. We're not going to outdone them. We're going to try to stay in control of, best of the we can. We're going to try to work the best the we can to ensure that we keep it under control the best of our ability. Thank you for yes, uh, you, your Yes, we, Daryl and I talked
0: about this before and we're sitting in our minds on it I, people favor opting out, either there's a lot of unknowns that are happening. There is also the potential for a lot of economic spin off problems. There's one of the fastest growing industries that we see in Canada. Uh, we need to make sure, though, that there are public health uh, and safety procedures in place to deal with this uh, because that is an unknown. The police aren't sure what they're going to do about impaired driving. There's all of these unknown uh, questions that are going to be coming forward. So, having a close relationship. With our police, with our health with our social service agency uh, is key to being able to make sure that we can moderate this in a good way while making sure that we have uh, the economic benefits that are potentially coming here, but also mitigating any public health
2: risks to the general population. Tracy, the
0: What steps will we take in the next four years to prepare our city for the expected increase in population due to the completion of the 407
2: and possible behavioral well. service? Thank you. and that's a question we
0: hear a lot. And we know that it's coming. We've seen the, the housing movement in the last couple of years. People from the Durham Regit of GTA, to the GTA are looking for more affordable, which is recently driving up housing prices that we have here in Peterborough. So we we'll need to be promoting and mandating a mix of housing types in a variety of housing types, single family homes, town homes, uh, uh,
3: multi-residential units. For young families, for seniors. Seniors trying to
0: downsize these days, you have to know where to go. And I've hoping with many of them over the course of this campaign. And so if you don't want to have to maintain that has an impact for 50 years, that's so going to cost you the same amount to move into a tiny apartment. Why would you make that uh, And And of so this impact that that, um, that radiated out from that. So it need to be sure that we're working with developers to ensure that they're Forward thinking growth that we're adhering to our growth plans, that we are having functionary zoning, which is very important. And we need to be working on our transportation infrastructure. So, the roads in city, as I'm sure we all know, are not in the best shape. And uh, so, we need to be working on that. We need to be working on our transit system as well as new and innovative ways of getting people around, whether that's a community car share or a, a ride share. Hoover or Lyft, which a lot of students coming to town are shocked that we don't have that. Um, we need to get that in here as well because we need to open it up for a healthy competition in the market for those types of uh, industries and getting people around uh In terms of uh, the economy growing for them. Like I said, a lot of people who are working from home. A lot of small businesses are opening up. They're looking to our downtown and other places around there. Where they can have uh, a little area where they can have their, uh, employment five to ten employees as capacity for job job going forward. So there's a lot that we need to do, but with the 115, we're going to be seeing a lot of GTA expats, like the number of retirees, like our parents here, and, uh, the dragon house uh,
3: and then also young <laughs> kid, we want to come
1: here for our quality of life, so this is accommodate to everyone. It's not what we're going to do in the next four years, ago, but what we're done in the last eight years, we've rebuilt and upgraded our sewage so system facility, we've upgraded our facility, we've upgraded our water facility, we've upgraded our facility, we've We've approved 12,000 uh, plus building lots in the city of Peterborough that will come on stream over the next four to five years to assist with the growth that is anticipated. Mr. Leal and I attended many a function where we announced, or its announcement that the 407 was uh, made very clearly. We really ensured by starting in the east and building from the west, building from the west to the east, that some reason that We're going to finish that road will be the recipient of the town of We are going to get growth. We're going to be able to plan the growth in proper proportions to what the community can handle, the growth back of places, to place, grow dictates. We have complied with all the provincial regulations with all the necessary things that we need to do to position itself to handle that growth. The structure of the municipalities uh, is the place to grow dictates, if you will, have multiple type, multiple type housing and all your subdivision activities already prescribed. We have some control over the strength of that. We're also looking at high rise activity in downtown core. We're at multi-use buildings. We're also looking at new innovative thinking that's coming into the marketplace in some of the bigger centers now that will roll over and theater And not to this in the future. retailing has changed completely. and are going to see the retail has change over to having a multiple use factors for retail retail somewhat and then some of the space can very easily converted to housing requirements as well. So that's what the future is going to hold for us. We are well positioned to deal with that and we will
4: continue to do that as we have <laughs> What is your plan to alleviate the pressure on the current, current infrastructure? Darren, two
2: minutes.
4: I missed the first part of the What is what is your plan to alleviate the
1: pressure on the current parking infrastructure? The current parking infrastructure the downtown or what Downtown. Downtown. We as you don't we've done any of transportation study that uh, was specific to the parking and requirements for downtown calls or 750 new parking spaces incorporated into different areas of the community, I don't think that's going to be enough, quite frankly. The right there's uh, two needs that are coming forward quickly, and I think that that number will probably run to the 1,500, which is probably a the departing the road. So there's going to be a need to uh, build into some of the of downtown parking solutions that are good for this community. They're going to be helpful for this community, and it's going to take pressure on One of the problems with the wide development was that they had not the ability to reduce the number of parking spaces to get that off the ground. We have stepped up and assisted with that to get it going and lead us with the catalyst for the growth in the downtown area, That's very important to all of us. The stretch that we had for the... A downtown uh, official plan activity made very specific in some areas to the downtown shows a great deal of potential i know we have a developer right here in the crowd that is looking at doing a major project to of the downtown core and that's going to uh, give us uh, other opportunities to assist with what the needs of the city is and also drive out the needs for the parking side of it so we have plans in place that will be
3: appropriate.
0: Or any developments or anything that comes forward. One of the things that I've talked about in my policy document is certain developments and eliminating the minimum parking requirements. So there's been many times where developments come forward, particularly in downtown, and say, well, we don't need as much parking as we're required to have because in downtown, there is a the thing that people have one car or no cars. And so eliminating that, and it's been done in Ottawa, and it is a possibility that uh, that frees out some of that uh, that this bill is otherwise back. Uh, in terms of parking, like uh, on the streets, I would love to see a uh, parking app like they have at Trent and everywhere else in the world, um, where you, if you don't know, change, you can text in your address prior car to your career, uh, license plate number or you can use a credit card or you don't have like, to rely on a couple loose quarters in your car or else you'll get $25 a day. Um introducing on street parking programs for residents with no off-street options. This is something I hear about particularly with people that live in the avenues and sort of building the West End, where you know if they have residents that come overnight, um, they're expected to either park one in the parking garages and go back, uh or if they you know have a couple drinks, they just it on the road and they make up and they have uh, a ticket. And so I'd rather have people not drinking driving than feeling incentivized to do that because they don't want to get. So again, on-street parking permits are done in jurisdictions across the country. It's not that difficult uh, to face it, and then having overnight guest exceptions for visiting friends and family, uh, and then allowing to delivery permits for temporary
3: stopping loading, and loading and no
0: parking zones are things that we need to be looking at too. And again. We're going to need to be the pilot project for a lot of these things. Cities across Ontario and across Canada are way more we are and doing these things. So we can look at what works and what doesn't work and take what works and uh, incorporate it into our town. That is what I'm doing.
2: Great to have a rebuttal. It's very short, but it's
4: very
1: uh, necessary. Where we already have the zero parking departments in the downtown. People who are in no global, the know will be aware of the development of our work. You can already need to uh, not have to provide
3: any additional parking in the downtown floor. Sort That's of seeking it well over the years. and We'll continue to work that way. The apps that are being talked about are available to us. We have the
1: uh, information at hand in and staff will report to, uh, the city, to the city council, know, so wrestling a decision on how best to implement it going forward. So, Great that we have the great number of people around. Is that red and just you're so good with that? Thank you. <laughs> All
2: right, we will move on to a question from our audience. How do you feel about the wetlands and Trent that are under threat from the new urban window that forward? How do you plan to protect those wetlands and the CC And we are starting with the
0: Thank you for that question. It's something that I've been hearing about for a while. I spoke at the meeting when I came forward uh, because of my concern that we have with building. And like I said, I am for growth, but I'm not for growth at all costs. And I'm not uh, a proponent of growth when it interferes with our natural environment to that degree. And so when there's been talk about uh, replacing wetlands and putting wetlands, that's not how nature works. That uh, isn't a Sustainable uh, development that Peterborough has been known for, and Trent in particular, with their expertise in environmental science and indigenous studies and merging all of those things. I think that there are better ways uh, of we should be looking at doing that. And so, the Trent site wasn't my preferred site going forward about, about the arena, uh, and I have concerns about that, much like I did around the casino site plan. Again, not anything. About the casino, but about building it in a wetland, to me doesn't make sense. If we need to be telling these big developments that they need to play by our rules. They need to be building in a way that the environment is environmentally sustainable in the long term, uh, and not just going to but, you know, what they want. If people want to build in our city. They have to play
3: by our rules, and our rules need to be equally applied to everyone. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow, comments I glad we just eliminated the entire downtown of the city of Peterborough. The whole of the city of Peterborough is in It was a known body for years. We worked with it and worked around it to the best of our ability to ensure that we protect the areas that are considered to be wetlands. Let's talk specifically about the region project of China. It is in two fields that were cleared years and years and years ago. The area that has, has been identified as wetland is a very, very small, very small portion of land that has uh, the building not touching it at all. It's going to go around that area, and that area is going to be replicated further south on the property i sure we've we actually increased the size of the area that could be designated for water storage, and for water gathering, or to at least appropriate the back of the fire. There's been a lot of discussion about the mistake made by looking at trying to beat us up with our sports teams in this community. That is a great, great build for us going forward. It has a body play, it It has a twin pad arena on land that's very... The decision was that we need to accommodate as many people as we can in the community and make sure that we do it in accordance with all the laws that are in place to guide us through legislation that is very soundly done and administered by the, the NMR by our own home people in Orca. They have looked at it, they have approved what's in front of us, and we'll continue to make sure that we comply with all that regulation that's there to protect not only the wetlands but all those who will come to enjoy them in the future. There's nothing wrong on the planet in front of us. is one of the very sound and it's one of the great them that
3: this is going to be long term. That's very important
0: for one floodplain, but if the environmental regulations that we have today were different environmental regulations that we had have here, so it wouldn't be the case. So we need to be adapting and evolving and understanding that things change regulations change. They get
2: better they get better. from uh, the Transportation is a front issue of in Peterborough. It's a two-part question, and I think it's fair because we've both bailed the council. Number one, what do you feel was the best thing the council achieved over the last term to improve transportation in the city? And two, what needs to happen over the next four years on the transportation plot? You have 70
1: here. i show Roads, roads, and more roads, improvement of the road system we have are certainly a major feature of what we do on a year-by-year basis. We spend, uh, from a capital standpoint, probably $30 million annually on upgrades of sewer, water, road networks within the community. That's something that we'll continue to focus on. It takes jobs and capital to do it, and now have vessels and places that give us additional capital to that going forward. The actual transportation links that we have in the community, we have a transportation master plan that is called for community-type activities, bicycle paths, walkways, uh, sidewalks and both sides of the streets, our uh, corridor roads that are able and built in capacity to carry additional traffic in some of the areas that is now drifting on into neighborhoods that's something that needs some more careful attention going forward. So, in summary, on roads, we need to ensure that we have an adequate structure of road system like this, with our official plan that has incorporated all aspects of the transportation studies that have been done in the last 50 years, that we need to get underway to get things cleaned up to make sure that we're going to sustain ourselves because as additional growth coming in this community and we need those to be in a position to handle that. We are, we have a plan, we just have to have the financing available to exists whether it will help
2: some do uh, question? Yeah, the really question uh, was, what do you feel was the best thing the council achieved over the last term? And two... As far as transportation, just the transportation, the two, what would you like to see the council achieve over the next four years?
0: Sure. So, council has made significant strides in transportation over the last four years. Some have been presented to you by the bike paths, and some of the road improvements that we've done. There's also been a lot of work done on the transit file. Uh, and John Celietas, uh, the council at has been uh, sort of spearheading that and done a great job of making sure that we have more accessible buses, that we have better bus routes. We have Community bus now that is helpful to a lot of seniors and people with disabilities who otherwise have uh, problems getting around town. So that's certainly something that has been great. We now have uh, free uh, transit on the Year's leave, which wasn't in place prior to that, which is great. If anything we can do to reduce the driving and to reduce air driving, uh, utmost of uh, the utmost importance. In terms of going forward, we need to get working on some of the plans that have been on the books for years and years and years. And so we will talk about Charlotte and Shilong, and yes, they are in the designer stage, but they have been delayed and delayed and delayed for years and years and years, and we need to work on that now. We need to be fixing problematic intersections to improve uh, improve traffic flow and safety. So I'm thinking of any intersections that are near schools, uh, Sherbrooke and Vonnegut, for example, Butler and Vonnegut, where cars are going too fast and they're not paying attention to little ones time across the road. We need to have a smart traffic light system, which has also been talked about, but we we'll need to get on that and make sure that our traffic lights are coordinated and are able to pull through traffic in a more efficient way. We need to, like I said, encourage a ride-sharing program, whether that is to the more ADP road solution. There was a uh, proposal for a community car share that came the council last year that was on certain places down. Uh, any progressive city of our size with as many students and seniors and other people as we do needs to have some type of car share option for people who can't afford to have a car or who choose not to have a car. So we need to be focusing on that and focusing on our transit system going forward as well as access entire position.
2: over the next 10 years, and what steps do you plan to taking to approach that challenge? Diane, two
3: minutes.
0: You're two minutes, the most important issue um, <laughs> I will say that what I've been hearing, and what I said earlier tonight, I've said it in other debates, uh, housing is key. People need to have access to safe, Affordable uh, and appropriate housing. If they're going to be willing uh, uh, and uh, active participants in society, and so the, all the other issues that we talked about stem to whether or not people are able to have a roof over their head and not have to worry about where they're going to spend the night. And we have a high proportion of people that live in poverty. We have one in four or five kids going to school hungry every day. That's not okay. Uh, so having at least many people housed. Uh, the basic necessity is what we need to what we need to be worried about and what we need to be working together as a council uh, and also with our county our, our county councils because it's a regional issue and we need to be lobbying our province and our federal governments for that money that's supposed to come the national housing strategy. There was a housing forum that our MP hosted back in the summer when council was invited, I attended, Daryl did not. It talked about how how our community could apply for funding from the National Housing Strategy because they want to start giving us money, but they need projects to put that money towards And So we need to working with Peterborough Housing Corporation, all the various housing providers in the city, to come together to say, we know this is a problem, we know it's getting worse. You can talk to anybody at the warning room, uh, at the room, and the numbers are going up and up and up. And we hear about it, people camping in the park. Like this is a big issue of housing that's affordable. Also, isn't necessarily affordable. So we have some new subdivisions coming in. If those houses starting at half a million dollars. That's not affordable for people in our community. So we need to have a range of housing types and a range of affordability mandated. That is, if you want to build these subdivisions, that's great, but like, you need to have X amount of guaranteed income or affordable housing because we don't want people left behind. And it's happening to young people, and seniors, and everybody.
1: To understand it's pretty tough to decide uh, which one item is going to be the biggest issue going forward in the next 10 years. Certainly our ability to maintain our social services and network that kind of, uh, builders down from people most seen in the community is very important to us and the focus of mine for the last eight years we will continue to be. Beyond that, we've got some changes that are going to occur. Some changes just occurred in the province. There could be some changes coming with our federal masters as well. Big definitely in the next number of years when you're building finance projects. That's something that we have positioned ourselves in seeking to well for some the in these last eight years and will continue to be very prudent with the use of those funds going forward. The cover is there. We've heard that from our masters in Toronto, we're about to hear that from our masters in Ottawa as well. The debt levels in this country are somewhat scary if anyone who that as an understanding of financial capabilities as a corporation of the size of Canada and of the province of government. We have put in place strategies and has community over the last two terms of council to ensure that we will be able to sustain ourselves financially. I take great pride in that and certainly that's going to be the issue that I see going forward and the most difficult one for us to be able to with. In our social services, making sure that the taxpayers of this community receive the balancing that needs to be done to ensure that your lifestyles are maintained and those less fortunate are kept in the best style we possibly can. We have the finances to do that. We have that money in place, and we will ensure that you very wisely go. Economic increase. that me
4: know.
0: It costs a lot more money to put somebody through the shelter system than it does to keep them housed. So a two hundred dollar month rent or subsidy that helps a family house save the taxpayer thousands of dollars in the long term, rather than if they get evicted and have to go through the shelter system and go through emergency services. So we need to be looking at that as well in a comprehensive way because we save money by keeping people in the house. Terry
3: yeah. get
4: on uh, Monday night, uh, the made a, a strong case to put the new major sports event center uh, on a combination of property, the Market Plaza and uh, the Public Workshop. And we can just we go there, could go there. Uh, we're asking you tonight, uh, your mayor, where would you like to see that center located in Hawaii? No. Yeah.
3: Your
1: question is Well, thank you, Chair. Yes, you did a great job of bringing the information forward to us. did all a great job as Chair of the BIA to follow up uh, on what it said as well. We're presenting that as a speak. we turned it over to the staff and the back of the report to us to give us uh, the best advice as to what we can do as a community as we to get the best value and the best education going forward public workshard is not large enough. I believe it was a part forward plan a uh, number of months back now was suggesting that we could do quite a number of changing that into an entertainment area as well as doing some apartments like possible hotel, especially like the training uh, system that they well end up coming to the city big in the uh, next number of years. Uh, to purchase the Market class and add that, that into a mix is something that is going to take a certain amount of money and a certain amount of time. That land, and I drew a number of fifty million dollars is probably the cost would be to acquire the property, demolish the buildings, clean the site, and prepare the site for additional work that needs to be done on. I'll stand by that number. It was given me by a very capable lawyer in the area who does this type of work do we want to add another 50 million dollars on the 80 million dollar project, that's something we have to look at very carefully. Just, just for education of everybody, for us to take on raw, whether that be some extra money from the events, the profits, for private sources. the million dollar project is to be able to but a 4 year venture, and we run about 2.5% annually on the property tax bill for four years. That's something that we have to think about very, very, very carefully before we make that type of benefit. because there's operational costs that folks can as well in a very, very of the community. Do we need it? I believe that we have the ability to bring it forward. I believe that we can budget for it. We will have some funds that are coming in from the casino and from the sale of PDIs and there is some relief in our capital side of things.
3: And will ensure that leave 70
0: words, and, and for me to say that that's maybe not my preferred place to put uh, for, for those, I would love to make sure it I And mean, part of the problem with the report that came forward from the consultants was that parking wasn't incorporated as a criteria. And so we already know the memorial center, when there's games nights on, the concerts happening, that all the residential areas around are indicated with traffic. And so if we're looking at putting it in an urban area. And without any adequate parking garage or other ground, which is not equal to water, uh, that's going to create a whole other bunch of problems. So for me, well, I would love to see it at one of those central downtown uh, sites that you mentioned, the Market Plaza or the Port Share, um, it increasingly looks like Floral like Park would be the most logical sense so just in terms of less demolition costs and more space. It's not as tight in with uh, a bunch of residential areas. And so we would need to, of course, on the work with the, the stakeholders of uh, the Culture Society and the and figure out what is the best way to do it. Again, like I said, if we're going to build a facility of this nature, we need to make sure that it's more than just an arena, that it's a multi-use entertainment facility that is also produced by the cooperative community, not just a special. And social interest groups, but that's available for all of us because that's going to be a significant chunk of the budget going, going into that, and so it needs to be enjoyed
2: by everybody in the community. our audience. Given the current provincial government's recent on- and ongoing actions to defund programs and repeal legislation supportive of environmental and social issues impacting. Peterborough, recognizing that there are financial and regulatory limitations at the municipal level, what creative and compassionate ideas do you have to protect your constituents from the negative impacts of these actions that you would work to implement if you were elected mayor? Very welcome to question. The management of this video is it the impact of the provincial decisions on our province? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so provincial decisions being made, not good, having a bad impact on people. So certainly, there's been a lot of political uh, movement activism around some of the things, some of the decisions that have been made uh, by the provincial government, particularly around uh, social assistance and basic income and, uh, and sexual health curriculum, a whole bunch of stuff, I' overabundance of stuff like every day something else is happening. Uh, So I think that we need to be working with our MPP, with all of our residents to to try to figure out the best strategies to advocate to that level of government about why following through on some of those projects is very important. We know particularly with the housing and other social issues that we're dealing with in Peterborough that cutting social assistance rates and uh, and cutting a or sorry, disability rates is not going to be helpful. I've been talking. Who are on oh yes, OPSP, who all try to work as much as they can, but they've got the a or they've got these other businesses that prevent them from working full time. And they're having They're getting, you know, this ties of their housing crisis. Their landlord, they've lived there for 20 years. The guy across the street sells the house. The landlord sees what that house goes for and decides to sell that And now she's stopped trying to find another house for the cost that she's paying, paying for 20 years. That's not going to happen. When I first moved to Peterborough, I had 2 apartment for less than $800, and a nice—you can't find that anymore. And so we need to make the provincial government understand that uh, these decisions are having real negative consequences on people's health, well-being, work productivity. The public service is one of the biggest, some of the biggest employers in town, and there is complete uncertainty at what's happening uh, in that in our building. So. We to working with them, try to mitigate some of the damage that's been done, and uh, it's not going to be a fun four years, but we can certainly try to work with them and uh, talk to our employees and let them let that message get out to support that has hurt the more disabled
1: people. Yes. And it's been a while since I heard that question, but I think just a it was, what we can do to try to mitigate the changes that are coming from the process. The legislation uh, um, with variations that we talked about. Basically, I think fortunately, we have been uh, working diligently for the last eight years to ensure that we will have a base to assist us with cuts of will money, coming both levels of government. Again, the debt factor of the province and the debt factor of the deaths has to be back into the decisions that we make locally. The funds that we used to enjoy from a uh, third to third to third some of our bigger projects will not be there We forward. I believe Mr. Ford and company, and quite frankly, the federal government will be making the same same comments. If you want it, you people are going to have to figure it out of ways of dealing with your own needs by yourself. We have positioned ourselves as a fence with historically low interest rates in the last eight years. We've upgraded all the infrastructure that was absolutely necessary for us to ensure that we're going to be good for the next four years. Year. we position ourselves with the PDI sale and with the casino revenue and the hotel revenue. We will have a pool of funds that we've never had before. The generation of work that we've done in to assist with extra funds coming the city and the profits based on that will go a long way to assist us with our short term and long term. We will ensure that we maintain our social services to the best of our ability, not burdening the taxpayer and certainly not taking away from the people who are most That's a promise that we can make and we will continue to do that as we have in the past. Again, to the best of our ability, not putting stress on the property taxpayer. We we are not in a redistribution of wealth business. We can't be in that business, nor should we be in that business. We have a position. Very soundly to, to deal with problems that will be coming far better than the most difficult in the next place, actually. And that's
2: a compliment
1: to everybody for serving.
2: Since you recognize the Minister of Status of Women, uh, came in just a few minutes ago, somewhere around there. <laughs> I want to switch gears to uh, land of uh, Buddy, the city of Peterborough, Catalonia. Is the acquisition of eight hundred acres of land in Cavanaugh, so, uh, under the organization mm-hmm. or boundary adjusted by the province, something that should be pursued priority, and is critical to your business? two <laughs> If your
1: question was should be pursued, your question should have been is it being pursued. We started immediately. Our council looked at the to promise and said, "Wow, seventy million million, plus or minus, to acquire 4,000 acres of land that $2,000 was not going to be usable. That's a real bad deal for the city of Peterborough, unfortunately, the council turned it down. I did not participate in that. My son owned land in that area we the fair conflict and moved away from it. Since then, I've been discussions directly with Catalonia, both on the staff the staff level and on the mayor to mayor level. So We've come up with what we believe is a very workable solution going forward to look at boundary investments that aren't the old-fashioned. Like, boundaries are very fairly drawn on the map. And somebody says there, you take care of that, we take care of this, that thinking has to stop. I think there's regional provisions for us using Catalonia. I think that we have a will between the two territories now to sit down and discuss matters of mutual interest to both of us, both for employment plans and, and for housing going forward. They have the property. We have additional service capacity. We're already doing the lease work we doing the management of the water, wastewater, and water services. There's lots of synergies that we can continue to build on and we will. Those discussions are ongoing. and very, very a very workable solution. It has to be approved by the province, and we'll continue to work with them as well and we'll make them aware of what our intentions are and we'll be bringing
3: forward soon as we can. With regards to the annexation
0: when it came to Council a couple of years ago, I had several concerns about it. Uh, not only the cost, but the fact that the projections being used were all based on past trends and I asked at those meetings well, what is the future employment growth going to look like? What is the type of land that we're going to need? How much is it? And there wasn't any of that information provided in those reports, so I didn't feel like I had the information that I needed to be able to commit to spending millions and millions of dollars on land, a lot of which uh, was, was not going to be developable after the government changed the guidelines around agricultural uses. So, that being said, I think that certainly we need to be working with our partners in the county People here work out there, and people there work here. You know, we're all in this together. I know like Chamber understands that. Uh, so we need to be looking at innovative ways to try to get that type of, of land. The airport certainly is an important uh, asset that we would like to have possession of. Uh, and again, it's about building those relationships, talking people to ensure that there's a mutually beneficial to deal. But we need to be doing it again in ways that are projected forward. What the future growth of the area is going to look like. And so you can't just be residential lands down the side as more subdivisions. They can't just be acres and acres and acres of warehousing and automation and the changes that are proceeding in the economic system. Like, there's a different, we're at a different time than we were 20 years ago. And so those projections are not necessarily applicable to what we're doing today. So we need to be our due diligence on this, talking to Patagonia, but also other townships about what. A
2: possibility
3: might be and moving forward on that. Thank you. Thank you. 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 you.
0: Everybody. Uh, what did your action mm-hmm. have to engage youth in the trades and youth development to help people in that business area? Mm-hmm. Diane. Youth in the trades, yeah. And so I had mean, a meeting with Brian Addison, the new president, Everett Fleming, talking about this very thing. You know, we hear a lot about. Low employment for people for younger generations and but there's also a demand for people in those skilled trades. And so we need to be working with all levels of us with the province certainly and with our partners in town to try to make, encourage people to get into those trades. There is a need for them. Uh, I was at a a, a summit out at the airport the other week about uh, the aerospace sector, and we were talking about how there is a severe labor shortage. In that sector as well. And so there are good jobs here in Peterborough. We just need to be making sure that we're connecting those dots between uh, what people are wanting to study and what actually needs to be studied. And so it's about education, about outreach, about working together to make sure that we can have those people fill those roles. And then we have young people stay here because we know that young people like myself want to stay here. Want to build a family? Want to want to live here for the long term because of all of the other things that it has to offer. And so that I think is something that it, it would be great to work on with the new president, at Fleming, and continue to work on with Trent uh, and uh, the session that i here. I, I think that there's all the possibility. We just need to build those relationships. And that's the kind of person that I am. Collaborative. I work on building relationships because we're all in this together. And we need to focus on those common goals.
1: Good question, and that's paramount to all the businesses that I met, all the home of this people that I talking about. Kudos to uh, Minister Deal, who was uh, introducing the concept of corporate skill trade center that was uh, presented on the college. That was a very innovative thing, that's going to provide a very sound piece for us to have employed with possibilities for a number of people in this area that were not even available to they are actually bringing people through the school system, now they're virtually job ready. We've introduced a number of the employment opportunities in the city to employ her base to the concept of that and make use of it going forward. Tony a and I worked well on that one. We continue to work with the staff, now that she has taken over as president uh, of Sanford, certainly the collaboration between Trent and and the city on a number of our projects that's going to offer job opportunities as well going forward. They're very heavily involved in new, new skills and new trades. Matt just this week with uh, Adam uh, from Noble Gen, and he certainly is uh, high on the prospects of what his product is going to do for this community. He's very insistent that he's going to keep it here. He's building a base for skilled trades, workers coming right directly to university and college that can move into a completely new field. That's going to feed the world quite frankly. He has an innovative process for food production that's going to be a salvation for these small countries, if not a new, complete type quick old facility that had its origins in the city many years ago. So lots of prospects going forward, lots of opportunities going forward. We have to support it to make sure that they continue, and we will do that. Downtown has
4: grown since the DBI boundaries were set in 1981. Would you support plans to expand expand the DBI to include the area that generally is perceived by the public as we'll, yeah, we'll start with you. Two
3: minutes.
1: Great question, uh, Terry. We already had this discussion uh, back a months ago, where we all said in bring can us, Bring us forward plans to what you believe you would like to see incorporated. And yet the people outside that uh, are in that area now, as I agree to it, it would be a great thing for the city to be grow. I see that as being very supportive going forward. If people would buy into that, I see an expansion of the downtown being very beneficial to the entire community. It's something that, uh, as an expectation will occur in some of the areas that we have now, we're going to change. And I think that change will allow the boundary adjustments. It's going to be very productive. So, To answer your question, yes, it's very supportive, and yes, we need to work together
3: to ensure that happens. Thank you for that question. um,
0: Much like the original official plan, which is also from the early 80s, things have changed dramatically in the last 30 years, and we need to be evolving and keeping up with that. So I would certainly be supportive of having those boundaries brought up in 2018.
2: Question from our audience: Would you support differential development charges for intensification versus greenfield development? The hand we are starting with you. Two minutes. Differential development
0: charges for greenfield versus greenfield development? I assume,
2: yeah.
3: Sure,
0: and so. Yes, we know that we feel development often costs more in the long run to maintain than we get in development charges or property taxes. Cities like Mississauga have recently doubled their development charges because they had to sort of low ones for a long time when their roof was going on. And then they realized that, oh, the roads and the sewers and the sidewalks, all need to be fixed and we don't have enough money coming in. So they've doubled those charges. So we need to be looking at a balance between making sure that we're bringing in the revenue that we need to fund the services that we have, uh, but encouraging people to uh, to develop uh, you know, adaptive, inclusive, creative infilling and building on areas where you're already on the city services, you're already on water, you're already transit and roads, uh, because that costs the city and the taxpayer less in the long run than it does to build big new development. So it's certainly be something worth looking
1: Development charges are an interesting tool for community use, but there is a prescribed use for growth based on growth, and that's the concept of um, the, the, the use of the development charges. The provincial initiative was uh, brought forward a few years ago and create gave guidance to how a community can grow development's uh, needs for infrastructure. Development charges are based on what should cost in certain areas of the city to develop basically what it's going to cost for intersectional work, what it's going to cost for road work, what it's going to cost for sewer and water and traffic types and all the things that we're dealing with that. So if you can get more intensification in within an area certainly understand the reason that development charges would be appropriated in in a fashion that would be less onerous on that type of structure as opposed to your greenfield development. So that is something that can be built into the planning going forward, has something to do with what you're looking at. Through official planning and through a new study of the fellow charities, which will be due within another year or two in anyway, the so.
2: We know from recent experience that the adoption of new technology can change how we communicate, travel, do business, and consume. What emerging technologies or trends are you keeping your eye on, which you believe will impact the city, either positively or negatively, how can we prepare to take advantage?
3: The fact that it's offered and being challenged. They're we start
1: with you, two minutes. Innovation, what a wonderful concept that we only thought of new, uh, years ago when we read with the Jetsons and the comic books. Who would ever thought that we would have drivers, cars, and a whole bunch of different things that change the way we use life? Uh, shopping new shops online, new shops in the store, how much of it's done by volumes, one way or the other tons of changes that are coming to different segments of the industries that we used to take for granted that were here 50 years ago that have now diminished to mere shadows of what it used to be. That is not going to be the norm going forward. We're obviously see changes coming back on the industrial side of the business in Canada because it's a great country to do business in. You're going to see innovative ways of approaching factory-type operations that were not here before. You're going to see changes in retail that weren't here before. We are adapting ourselves in the city of Vito Road to be in a better position to accommodate all forms of electronic activities. It's going to give us a better handle on doing business in the community. We have upgraded most of our internal systems and we're looking at each and every facet of whatever it takes to ensure that we stay abreast of all the changes that we believe we know are coming. You cannot keep up with it. It is happening so quickly. So stuff that we've been doing four years ago becomes obsolete. We need to move into new technologies as they become available and certainly
3: we are committed to that.
0: So rapidly, uh, I used to still learn like before the internet, but uh, it's a bit easy. And uh, these days, you know, to think that now you have a phone that you could order pizza off of, order a car, or send an email across the world, you know, things have come so far. So we're getting there with regards to our transit system, for example. Uh, you know, we're one of the of our side that doesn't have getting that smart automated traffic uh, or sort of transit signaling so that you know how far your bus is away so you don't have to wait on the whole. Uh, these are things that we need to be incorporated to make people's lives easier. You can do this also like I said with, with ride sharing you can do this. There's a whole host of things that are happening and the factory and automation has also changed so rapidly too. So we have people like I said who are working in the world working for companies across the world. This is the reality of dealing with now. So we need to be uh, attuned to it. We need to understand it. And we need to figure out how to bring those people here and how to stay here, want to build their life here, even though they're working in other places because of the technology that's available to them. And so investing in that from a safety perspective is really important. There was an announcement out of Bell's just yesterday, I think, about how they're changing their bus service at night to make it more like almost oh, like a taxi service where they know where you are, you text them, Get you on the off-peak hours. Need to do a little bit more research into it, but there's all kinds of things. Again, there's examples all over the place of municipalities that are further ahead than we are in this. So we need to be looking to those examples and adapting what will work here, uh, because it is out there. We do not need a pilot project, but we can be the beneficiary of those projects and programs that have already been
2: put into work. are walking down here in two minutes or less, can you tell me what you want your legacy to be? Your legacy to be, as a man. Then, Henry start with you. All right. Legacy. Uh,
0: well, I uh, I'm currently in grand term limits, and I'd be happy to do two terms and then pass, pass it on to
3: somebody else, because I know that there are so many Creative, smart, and dedicated people in this community who
0: want to be part of this process. And I think we need to encourage them. And so, part of the legacy would be working to really get young people and people that aren't traditionally involved in municipal politics to actually come out and vote, and come out and engage, and eventually run for office. Because it's so important that we have a diversity of voices around this council table uh, in terms of actual city policy and planning. We need to get our official plan finished we need to make sure that we can adhere to. We're going to have to developments coming forward that we need to make sure that they are going to be sustainable economically and environmentally and looking forward to the long term. Like I said, a baby floor today is like a years year 2100, so we need to be thinking about those babies and those kids that we're planning our city. Because eight years ago, it doesn't sound like that long, but it seems to sound that long in the future, but it's not. And so when we're making any decision that we are around the table, we need to be considering we're having not just now, not just four year election cycles, but the impact I'm leaving on
3: this community and on everyone in it for the long term. And that's what I commit to do, and that's what I
1: would hope, uh, if elected, to be able to leave behind as my legacy. Uh, after two yeah. Legacy <laughs> <that-> seems like such a uh, time consuming uh, thought process, but when you look at it, it's not my legacy. It's our legacy. What do we want to do as a community uh, as we look back and look forward? What we've created is a very stable environment that we all take great pride in. That, to me, is something that I consider a major accomplishment. We have a lot of changes in like the third decade. We have positioned ourselves to cope with that. Uh, Changes at the provincial level who are our masters, changes at the federal level which will come, and we are in a position to deal with that successfully in my estimation going forward. So from a legacy standpoint, it's everything that we've done up till now. We will continue to make sure that we best care for those who are most in need in the community to the best care of our ability. We'll make sure that the taxpayers are respected, and we, and we ensure that we build on policies. Practical solutions to the problems that we all have as communities. It was stated a number of years ago that we become the recipients of all of the actual failed policies of the other levels of government, education, health care, and judicial, that those folks end up in our streets. We have an obligation to assist them the best of our content as far as what we can do to get those people back into being productive members of society and that's something that we can all take great pride in going forward. So from a legacy standpoint, is your city. We manage it on your behalf. We give up our best ability to ensure we get the best value for the use of your hard earned dollars and that's something that we can all take credit for
4: with the question from Terry the PM. Under the growth uh, Act, Under the the act uh, it talks about intensification of the downtown, uh, the central area to be precise. Uh, one of the major concerns that we constantly hear are code compliance, fire code accessibility, especially on the floor. Um, with the need to bring more housing uh, to the city and to the downtown uh, and the mandate by the province to do so, what are some of your strategies uh, to to deal with some of these obstacles to uh, to uh, uh, cut some of these uh, uh, very cost uh, prohibitive uh, uh, codes? Thank you, Terry. We will start this round with Lero
3: and
1: very have on building code uh, application and stuff. We, uh, we are the people, of course, but we are not the people anymore. We have uh, lobbied our provincial masters, and we will continue to lobby our provincial masters to ensure that everybody lives, is housed in safety. Some of the older buildings downtown are very difficult to deal with. One incident in any one of those buildings can be very catastrophic for a whole bunch of our downtown buildings. So we understand concerns, we understand the costs that are involved, but we also understand the safety implications. What we have in front of us are very workable solutions. They're not as cost effective as they can be. There are some things in our own building department and suggested. on, and we will continue to lobby to ensure that we can get the best value, but also make sure that it's done safely. So we understand the concern. There will be new development that occurs. There will be some of the buildings in the downtown that are not able to be reconstructed. And those just have to be like through our official planning kind of process. And that's precisely what we're So, great question. I understand the frustration. Everybody else that's involved in the industry understands the frustration. But it is something that has to be looked at very,
3: very carefully with safety first.
0: really expensive and though the city has some programs with which to help them it, it doesn't offset the astronomical cost of actually doing that and you know another piece of what has been happening in the city for downtown is that we need to be striking our balance in our heritage register and uh to make sure that we're not demolishing buildings with heritage value but we are encouraging development of those buildings that maybe that still needs to be on that list we need to be also looking at outside the immediate downtown area for uh, spaces where we could be doing some of these new developments, putting in higher density residential units uh, in areas that are not so culturally in- uh, heritage significant. So that's a discussion that's been on hold for several years. Uh, we still need to uh, figure that out. It's, a, it's an emotional one for a lot of people. But well, we do need to meet the demands of the places to grow out, which I have been a proponent of increasing them beyond what the was proposed by staff initially, uh, because I think it's better to aim when there's no punitive measures taken and you don't reach your goal. I think it's better to try to like to get 80 people uh, For Hector, It's not necessarily going to happen, but if we need to at least get 50 or 60, that's more eyes on the ground, that's more people living downtown, the spending their money downtown, eyes on, on the street and it will contribute to the vibrancy of our downtown. So there's quite a few things that we are going to work with, uh, with our developers, with the people that are living downtown. We also want to make sure that we strike a balance between that variety of housing types that I keep talking about because we don't want low-income people and the arts community to get pushed out. And I know there's a lot of concern about that. So, and they provide huge economic benefits to the community. So, we need
2: to keep balancing that and having conversations with those stakeholders as well when we're having any discussions about that. Thank you. This is the conclusion of the evening, and we'll do this in reverse order from our opening statement. So, I'd like so to ask Darrell Bennett to
0: employ the
3: floor to the
1: We have paragraph like and we'll try to ensure uh, that we can make within two minutes. thank you to our moderators in each country the DBIA, and Commerce for be here. Thank you to everybody in the audience for attending. We touched on many, many important topics tonight for our community. We need to move forward, we need to show leadership, we need to consult with residents, we need to consult with special interest groups, we need to discuss matters that are going to in the best interest of our community going forward, and we continue to do that. We can't hide from making tough decisions. Our community needs new jobs, we need new housing, we need affordable housing, but we also need more housing across the entire spectrum. The application for a 200 unit neighborhood came to council two years ago It's is still in the appeal process today. The price of housing, whether it's rentals or homeownership, is being hurt by our lack of growth in our housing side. Avoiding health decisions only makes that worse, not better. I have been on the record for supporting growth. I have been on the record for supporting all things that are good for this community to ensure that we can sustain ourselves for the future. We have a lot, of, a lot of advantages in this community, and I'm looking at a lot of great mysteries in this and that's the people who make this community the wholesome place that it is. The number of volunteers that go out and do their duties on a day-by-day basis. The number of people who work behind the scenes to ensure that we all benefit from the various causes that are, that are happening. That a lot of us only find out about after them. We have a decision to make coming up on October 22nd. The decision is going to be, who has the best skills, who has the best experiences, Who can best continue to lead our community towards the outcome that brings better potential for the generations that are coming behind us? That's what motivated me to get into politics and continues to motivate me to this very end. When I see young children in the city, I'm looking at what we can do and what we have done to enhance the potential for this community to support their needs going forward. We have the ability to do it. We will continue are very, very respectful of the taxpayer, of the hard money from taxpayers so that we use wisely to make investments to ensure that we can sustain ourselves on the face of unknown quantities and known quantities. We are well positioned going forward. I encourage you to think of that as you vote in this election. I encourage you to think about what it takes to make our event more and forward.
0: Thank you everyone, Thank you for the great questions and discussions tonight. It's been very informative. As someone who's sat on the council for four years and who's seen the changes that have happening in the city since I've been here, I know that I'm well positioned to move this city forward into the future. I understand thoroughly the challenges that we're facing in these economic times, these environmental times the population is changing, our growth needs to happen, but again, it needs to happen in a smart way that is planning not just for now, but is planning for the future, and that doesn't just, I'm not here to just rubber stamp developments, I'm here to make sure that we're building our city out in the best possible way, and that might not be the easiest thing for the developers to hear, but we're gonna hold their feet to the fire because we wanna make sure that we're building our community in the best possible way. It should be common sense. We need to make sure that we're building houses, for housing types for everyone, we've got seniors that want to downsize. We've got young families that want to buy out that can't. We've got students coming in that have nowhere to live. We need to address all of these issues, and we can't do it just by building a subdivision of single-family homes. We need to have a variety of housing types all over the city, looking at complete communities. We need to do this in conjunction, in conjunction with protecting our local environment. With taking into consideration that green space is one of the most valuable assets that we have as a community and that other cities of our size would kill to have the parks and the trails and proximity to nature that we have. We need to make sure that we've more transparency and public accountability at City Hall. As i said, I've heard that people feel that that trust <laughs> has been broken over the last eight years promise I promise you that if elected mayor, I will continue to come out to these events to be available and accessible because as a public figure, that is your job. You are supposed to be representing everybody in the community, not just people that you know and that have you know, your cell phone number, private cell phone number. So, I know that we expect more from our elected leaders. More transparency, more consultation, more careful planning and more empathy towards the stories that play out across our city every day. And we expect more from the people who ask for our vote. And so as somebody here tonight who asks for your vote, I promise that you can expect that from me. Please come talk to me after
3: this. I'd be happy to continue the conversation. And I ask for your vote on October twenty (laughs) second.